Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Father, we thank you this morning. We do honor your word. Your word is above your name. Your name is above your word. And we praise you and we bless you and thank you in the name that's above all names, the sweet name of Jesus. We praise you and honor you and glorify it. Thank you. Thank you again. Before you're seated, I want to read something to you. The Lord put this in my hands today. Just. Now you remember in Proverbs 4, 20, 21, 22, incline thine ear unto my sayings. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplication because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. <sighs> Isn't that good? That's 116th Psalm, the first two verses. Well, the rest of that Psalm is, oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And in that Psalm, I don't know whether you had actually looked this up or not. The apostle Paul said, as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. Right in that same Psalm. Thank you, Jesus. So we went right to the source this morning. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Praise God. It's a, it, it, it honors me greatly that you would come this morning. And those of you that have come from long ways off and you're going to have to be quarantined for a time when you get home. Well, that's good. It's a good thing. Amen. I'm telling you that, you know, you've had time to get a, a Bible school education. We got quarantined so many times. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God forevermore. Thank you, Lord Jesus. David, hang on to that for me, please, till I call for it. And um, get my talker out here and go in. <laughs> Years ago, we were, we got into, we there at Eagle Mountain International Church, we, we had 30 days of glory. I mean, we went 30 days. <laughs> it was 30 days of glory. And um, Leroy Thompson preached a lot of Leroy. Yeah. You know, we had a gusher. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a clock like this. And uh, I, I had said something about that clock because it's got that little car horn on it to let you know that you preach too long, you know. So, <laughs> and, and so he called me up and broke open. I won't give you this clock. 
and everybody clapped. <laughs> yes. Amen. Glory to God. <clears throat> we began last night. <clears throat> Faith prepares for what it expects or believes will happen. That's corresponding action up front. Faith motive is always love. And we talked about all of these things. And, and we're continuing now in faith. Now you can go to Mark 11. <laughs> and uh, we will touch on some things. There's one thing in particular that uh, I want to bring out this morning. <clears throat> Verse 9, 11, 9. And they that went before and they that followed cried, saying, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about all things, and now the evening was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. One of the, f now, you remember, I only, he said, I only say yeah. what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father say do. One of the very first most important things about faith, we know we need to say something, but keep your mouth shut till you know what to say. Don't just, just kick off on a bunch of scriptures. Now, in an emergency situation, get over in the spirit. Now, there may be, there will be, if you're listening, there'll be scriptures that just come up and fill your mouth. I'm not talking about an emergency. That wasn't any emergency situation. His father didn't say anything. So he didn't say anything. He didn't see anything. So he didn't do anything, but he looked the place over. Now the cleansing of the temple was vitally important, but that's not what he went to do. I mean, they had a con game going there. You bring your lamb in and it had a blemish. So you had to buy one of theirs. They'd take your lamb back and then somebody else comes in and they sell your lamb to somebody else. It's a con game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It made him mad. Yeah. But he didn't just rip into a bunch of people. That was important, but that's not why he was there. He went there to preach. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And he did it all day. Amen. My kind of preacher. <laughs> I've had the privilege of doing that several times. 
And I was invited to Shreveport, Louisiana a lot of years ago. They said, Brother Copeland, would you come over? We'd like to, we're going to have a day apart. Would you come speak to us? And I said, well, sure. So they're going to have a day apart. So I didn't know who all was coming there to speak. I got there and it's me. <laughs> so I preached all day long. And anyway, I don't have time to talk about that. But <clears throat> the wisdom of faith is to be able to keep your mouth shut. in the early 1970s. Now, this is the only time that I ever heard the audible voice of God. He wasn't speaking to me. I was in the airplane by myself and I had, it was dark. And, uh, and, and I was, I was just right there in the approach environment. And I heard this coming to you from the revival capital of the world. I looked down and, and checked my audio panel. I never, ever, ever mess around when I'm flying. Yeah. Never. I don't listen to the, uh, when you know you're going along cross country and just flip over there and listen to the broadcast channel. No, 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 no. You take care of business. Yes. And I looked at my audio panel to check it. And it, it was right. Well, I forgot about it. And, uh, and then a while later, a member of our board call me and he said, there's some property out here in Northwest town that you need to go see. And, um, it was a Marine air base during world war two. And, and once he, we got out there, I knew what it was because, I mean, I graduated in high school in Fort Worth and we used to go out there. And so at least I knew what it was and where it was. And so, well, I walked up on that property and, and uh, there was just a barbed wire fence around it. And uh, so I held that fence open for Gloria and she crawled through it. Then I stepped over it. And when I stepped both feet on it, he said, this is the revival capital of the world and you're going to build it. Well, now, I, well, of course I agreed. 3,500 acres, no, let's see, no, 1,520 acres of land. And I didn't have money, like Brother Hagin used to say, I couldn't have bought a setting hen and chickens. <laughs> $3,500 an acre. In the 70s, that's over 5 million. I don't know what that'd be worth today, but it's a lot of money. So I just said, okay, and just rolled the care of it over on the Lord. I like what Jesse said. 
He didn't, he didn't call me to pay for it. He called me to believe for it. And so, and then we found out who owned the property and so forth. He's a, uh, he was a man, 89 years old. His name is Pewitt in the oil and gas business for many years. He was a bachelor and loved the Lord. And uh, he, he had given a lot of money to SMU. And, and so found out who he was, and he lived in a little small house in Glen Rose, Texas, which is a, um, just a little ways there from Fort Worth. So this young man that was working with me at the time, I told him, now, my dad trained me in the sales business. And men talk too much when they try to sell. Now, I'm going to tell you what he said to me. He said, Kenneth, Samson killed a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass. Ten times that many, many sales have been killed with the same weapon. <laughs> he said, just present your case and shut up until someone asks you a question or says one thing or another. And just drilled that into me. I told Neil, I said, now Neil, we get in there, just keep your mouth shut. Okay, okay. So uh, we knocked on the door and I introduced myself to him. And uh, I said, uh, I told him who I was and I was in the ministry and so forth. I said, Mr. Pewitt, now the Lord said to me what to say. I already knew what to say. I didn't go over there until the Lord told me to go. I was, I, in fact, I was shaving. The Lord said, it's time to go see Mr. Pewitt. I said, Mr. Pewitt, the Lord has need. I, I told him what we were interested in. I said, the Lord has need of that property. He said, well, it's for sale. <laughs> he talked very slow and never smiled. He's 89 years old now, sharp as a tack. We sat there, oh, well, we sat there a good little bit before he said it's for sale. I said, Mr. Pewitt, I don't have any money. But the Lord will get it for me. You boys come back to see me. So we made the appointment. Walked in. He had a, he sat in a rocking chair and he had a, 
a, a real, a, a real, not a phony, tick-tock clock. <laughs> no, it looked to me like an antique. Sitting on the mantel of a real fireplace. <laughs> and that thing... Can you imagine how much noise that is when nobody's saying anything and you don't know what's coming next? We sat there for, oh, I don't know, probably 15, 20 minutes. He said, you boys come back to see me. So we made the appointment. We came back to see him. And all the time, I'm listening. All the time, not pushing him. So we went back to see him. Went through the same procedure. Went in, sat down. He rocked. We sat. Oh, good while. I'm going to see you boys through this thing. I said, Mr. Pewitt, that's wonderful. There's another thing you need to know. I don't borrow money. I don't think it's right to mortgage another man's property, do you? I said, that property belongs to Jesus. We sat there a good while. He said, you boys come back to see. <laughs> see, let him listen. Let him hear God. That's what he was doing all the time. Let him hear. Because I got faith in God. That property belongs to me one way or the other. It's the reliable capital of the world and I'm, I, I can't build it without the property. Right. Now this time, he wanted us to meet him at a restaurant there in Glen Rose, Texas. Just a little small town. And uh, now, one of the members of our board was in the real estate business. And uh, he, wanted, he wanted to make sure I brought someone that could, uh, that knew something about it. So I won't go into all that. But anyway, so he was there. So he said, <laughs> now, now he wasn't near as slow. He, he, always, he has a plan. Yeah. He knows what he's going to do. Never had smiled yet. But it, it, he's a little faster than he was before. Got over there at that restaurant. He, and he, he said, you got anything against rent? <laughs> I said, no, sir. <laughs> Good. He said, now listen to what he said. He said, your rent payment is going to be $23,000 a month no interest. I'm dividing the property into four equal parts. And he said, as you pay for a quarter, I'll deed it to you. The, the fourth quarter, all your rent money goes towards the price of that quarter. 
is that satisfactory with you? I said, absolutely. (laughs) And so we, and and he, uh, he handed the, the, uh, he, he said, turned around to my board member and he said, can you write that down just exactly like I said it? He said, yes, sir. Just, just a regular a contract. We still have today. Just, just a regular letter-sized piece of paper. He wrote it all out exactly as he said. Five million and uh, just over five million. Five million and thirty thousand dollars. Whatever. 1,520 acres is times 3,500. If you got your calculator, whip that out for me. Anyway. So he, what does that turn out to be, dude? Working. 15. 5,320,000. $5,320,000. Anyway. <clears throat> No, that's too much. But anyway, it's over $5 million. So uh, <laughs> he wrote that out. He said, now he, t- he had me sign it. I signed it. And he turned around and handed it back. And he said, now, write that again exactly the same way, except take $1 million off of the thing. I'm going to be the first donor. So while they're writing this out, now I'm talking about faith and I'm talking about the plan of God and I'm talking about keeping your mouth shut and let God do the talking. And and so, and and he said, uh, Kenneth, Portland Cement has been after me to sell them some gravel. He said, there's lots of gravel on your property, son. I said, you mean after I pay for a quarter? No, he said, I've given you all the mineral rights. Sell some gravel, pay for some property. We sold a million dollars worth of gravel off that place. And I said, stop that. They're tearing the place up. Then we hit natural gas. <laughs> no debt. Had our own water wells. Reverse osmosis. In the headquarters. At our home. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't that good? Now, I want to mention something to you. Beware of what other people say. In the past, this is, this is being changed right now. In the past, if you Googled my name, and it were to come up in Wikipedia. You know what Wiki stands for? 
That's Hawaiian for quick. When you go to Hawaii, you go and get on a wiki wiki bus. <laughs> it's quick encyclopedia. And sometimes it's not an encyclopedia, it's just screwed up. And you Google my name. I'm the only one in there that the first thing that comes up is my net worth. Then they, they said my net worth is $380 million. That ministry, all the gas wells on it, all the property, which I don't own any of it, is not worth that. Of course, you know, I agree with them, but <laughs> no, that's a lie. I don't agree with those people. They needed to be changed. And that's in the process of being changed. Right? And some said it's 700 million. Some said I've been losing money steadily. It's, it's down to 300 million or something. <laughs> now, I will admit I'm paid far more than I'm worth, but, but still, come on. So, you see how wrong yeah. I, I'm sat, I used would never look at anything like the Lord kept urging me to do it because I didn't know you could change Wikipedia, but you can. That's good. I didn't know you could do it. And so that's in the process of being changed right now. So anyway, you just need to be very cautious about what other people say because they don't know. Amen. Oh yeah. Now this happened one time. Uh, this woman was telling people that I had numerous sexual affairs and she just kept telling this and people, then their prayer groups came back and he kept saying it. And so we, we called one of the people in the prayer group and found out and it happened to be a partner and, and got the woman's name and phone number. I said, Gloria, call her. <laughs> and she answered the phone. And Gloria says, I've forgotten what her name was. Martha or some simple name. And uh, I'll just use Martha. I don't remember. Uh, is this Martha so-and-so? Yes, it is. This is Gloria Copeland. Uh, I understand that you've been telling that my husband has many sexual affairs. She said, yes, because it's true. No, she said it didn't. She said, we travel together. We stay together. She said, we are together almost 24 hours a day. He doesn't have time to get out and run around. <laughs> And I would appreciate it very much if you'd shut up. Come to find out somebody's sister's cousin told her that or whoever it was. But she took it as the truth. Amen. So now back to business. Well, that was business. Slow. to anger, quick to believe.
Amen. Amen. Slow to speak. Just be quiet till you know what to say. And then say it in love. Say it in love. Stay in love. It's critical. Stay in love. The faith life is a love life. Because faith works by love. <laughs> Glory to God. Okay. I thought about going there, but maybe later. Now, Jesus entered to Jerusalem into the temple, and when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the evening was come, he went out into Bethany with the twelve on the morrow. Now, what do you think he did overnight? He found out what to do and found out what to say. Isn't that good? And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for the time of figs was not yet and yet is in italics. Now people have said, do you think Jesus didn't know? Oh, come on. But this is a man. It's God manifested in the flesh, but he wasn't, he wasn't ministering as, as God. I want to read this from the classic Amplified. So listen, listen to this carefully. On the day following, when they had come away from Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree covered with leaves. Now, covered with leaves, he went to see if he could find any fruit on it, bracket, for in the fig tree, the fruit appears at the same time as the leaves. That tree was fouled up. But when he came up to it, he found nothing but leaves for the fig season had not yet come. You see what had happened? It was the tree. It was the tree. The thing leafed out way ahead of time. Now, does that help you? So when he saw this thing, it's now (laughs) the fig trees that I have seen here in this country are more like bushes than, than, than they are trees. Go to a search engine and, and take a look at that. Those things in the Middle East get huge, big trees. And this thing had leaves all over it. And it was a long ways off. It's far enough away. He couldn't see that there were no figs on that tree right. till he got up close to it. Yes. Thank you, David. Now that really helps because that puts all the burden off on that tree. It was out of season, out of place. Now, I don't know what a far off is, 
but it couldn't have been all that terribly far. Jesus answered and said to the tree. He answered the tree. The tree says, you're not getting anything to eat here today. He answered and said unto it, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. He said it loud enough that they heard it. Now, what's the corresponding action here? And they came to Jerusalem. He just walked off. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've seen some of us. I, I said us, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know. Tree. No man eat fruit of you again hereafter forever. Oh, I hope this comes to pass. Those guys heard me. No, he just turned around and walked off. Nobody's going to eat fruit of that tree again. Whether it dries up at the roots, whether it stands there for 50 more years with leaves all over it, there's never going to be another fig on that tree. Not ever. No man will eat fruit of you again hereafter forever. Not going to happen. Lightning getting hit it. The worms eat it. He didn't care. And now we're going to find out why he did that that way. And they came to Jerusalem. Jesus went into the temple and began to cast them out that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught. And he taught. And he taught. The teaching was what was important. You got to clean the temple. First of all, First of all, you're going to demonstrate your faith yes. so these guys can see it. Amen. They need, they're, they're, they don't know much. They're Orthodox Jews, but they're fishermen. Nobody was a scholar until the Apostle Paul came. Don't forget covenant in this. Don't ever get away from covenant. I started to say you're married to her. No, she's married to you. <laughs> what happened when a covenant was made between the two of you? Her name changed. Saul of Tarsus had his name changed when he made covenant with Jesus. Jesus renamed Simon Barjona. 
and called him Peter. Come on. Come on. And remember what we read last night? We have been named after the Father. And the high ground, we've been raised up to sit with him in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus, our namesake. And Jesus Christ of Nazareth is my blood brother. And my being of Cherokee background, I wanted a blood brother so bad I was a single child. My mother uh, couldn't have any more children, so they said, put up with me. Of course, I'm the smartest one they ever had. <laughs> I was the dumbest one they ever had. <laughs> and it depends on what day it is, where, where that fit, you know. But anyway. <laughs> Amen. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written? Is it not written? Is it not written? The written word. The written word. His words in this written word are just as powerful today as they were the day he taught that in that temple. I'll never forget it as long as I live on this earth. I was with my father in the faith of Will Roberts. And I had, oh Lord, I got in that first partner service. I want to be a partner so bad. And, and most of you know the story. I didn't have any money. And they passed out little envelopes with those little wooden church pencils in them. And so I $10 and I, thought, I wrote $10 on it. I thought that pencil's mine. So I just stuck it in there. And I'm driving the car. I'm going to have to hurry. You know, he's on the way out. We're in Georgia. Not Georgia, Georgia. We in the deep south. So I'm, 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 I've got to run and catch him. I'm driving the car. And so I put my little envelope and the pencil in the, in the offering container. And, and I'm thinking, glory to God, I'm a partner now. And somebody right over here, sitting just about right there. And it's just, hey, hey, you, me. Yeah, you. I can hardly wait till I get to heaven and meet this woman. A woman of color sitting right about there. The Lord been well wanting me this whole meeting to give you $10. I said, lady, give it here. Thank you very much. Give it here. And I chased down the usher, got my pencil, stuck the $10 in the envelope. I'm a partner. And I still am. Now here's what happened. It, well, Gloria and I were with Orland and Evelyn. And um, so we had gone to their home in Palm Springs. And we stayed the night there with them. And he said, we're going to get up in the morning. I want you to help me write my partner letter. 
I said, glory to God. So I'm sitting there at the desk. He, he's behind his desk with his chair turned around. The desk is here. He's turned around this way. I'm sitting in a chair right there looking at him. He said, uh, what is that? I said, it's the word of God. He said, what is that? Well, I know I've been had. I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I said, it's, it's, it's the Bible. He said, it's letters. Hit me with that just like I did today. Hit me with it right in the chest. Because he was ready for it, but I wasn't. <laughs> he just shoveled past it at me like that. Letters. They're letters, and they're just as powerful today as they were the day they were written. He said, are you willing to write your partners a letter every month for the rest of your life? I said, I'll do it. Good, he said. Let's talk about this one. <laughs> I've been doing it ever since. Yes, sir. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, let me get back over where I was. In the morning as they passed by, verse 20, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now, wait a minute. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Is that nine words? <clears throat> As they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Somewhere in that 24-hour period, that, that tree just dried up from the roots. Peter calling to remember saith unto him, Master, behold the fig tree. Look at that fig tree which you curses withered away. Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. The cross reference says, have the faith of God. And as Brother Hagin taught us, and as um, some Greek callers say, callers, scholars say, have the God kind of faith. I like that. The God kind of love and the God kind of faith. Glory to God. <laughs> he demonstrated it. He demonstrated it. So, For verily I say unto you that whosoever, I will never forget the first time I read whosoever. And whosoever believeth on me shall not perish but have everlasting life. What's the difference? Whosoever is whosoever. I said whosoever is whosoever. So, Whosoever 
shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Nine words. And mountains are bigger than trees. Yeehaw. <laughs> and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things, that those words which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say, I love it. Now, I've taught you the principle of this. Now I'm going to say something. Therefore, I say to you. Now, whosoever shall have whatsoever. Whatsoever thing you desire. When you pray. Believe. When you pray, believe that you have them. Now, there's some other things I want you to notice here. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them as in italics, and you shall have them as in italics. Whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. Pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. Pray that, uh, believe that you receive when you pray and you shall have. You shall have. You shall have. And here I'm quoting Kenneth Hagin. Prayer is not mentioned in verse 23. Believing is. It's mentioned once. Saying is mentioned three times. Prayer is mentioned in the 24th verse. You can receive by saying it. Now, like Gloria said, you have to say something. And she said, now Ken likes, he doesn't like to go to a nice sit down restaurant. And she, as she said, you, you want to get before Jesus and say, why did that come on me? And she, and she said, well, he's going to say, well, you should have said something. And she had been talking about that. And she said, now Ken doesn't like to go to the sit-down restaurant. He likes to go to the cafeteria because he wants his entree on his own tray. <laughs> she said, I don't like to go to the cafeteria. But he would say, Gloria, where do you want to go eat? I don't care. Wherever you want to go. I don't want to go to that cafeteria. She said, I know what he's going to do. We're headed to that cafeteria. 
And she said, sure enough, we get over there. And, and he'll say, Gloria, what's the matter with you? Nothing. <laughs> she is so funny. She'd say, nothing. I didn't want to come to this cafeteria. And he'd say, well, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say something? Now she said the thing that disturbs me. The more I live with him, the more I get liking. <laughs> now I want to go to the cafeteria. <laughs> you need to say something. You need to say something. Say something. You can receive by saying only. Or you can receive by praying. But when you're praying, you still have to say it. Isn't that good? You still have to say it. Of course you do. Now, I was a student at Oral Roberts University. And uh, <laughs> we have going to all this story. I wish I had time, maybe tonight. But... Uh, I'd, I'd heard a tape of, of Brother Higgins, ah, and I was just literally floored. We'd gone home to, and we were staying at Mother's. I was preaching there at, at Harold Nichols Church over the weekend, and uh, I said, "Mother, you have any tapes?" Yeah, and she just handed me one of Brother Higgins' tapes. I, I had, I, I knew who he was. I'd. I'd seen him at a full gospel businessmen's meeting, but I never had heard him preach or teach and listen to that tape. <sighs> you can write your own ticket with God on one side and Paul's revelation on the other. I literally wound up in the floor. Under my mother's coffee table. I'd never heard anything like that in my I carried my New Testament in my pocket all the time. I carried it there on purpose. Because yes, Kenneth B.C. carried his cigarettes there all the time. <laughs> now I put that New Testament right there. Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I took that New Testament out of them. Dear Lord God, this is the voice of God. Yes, sir. This, this is God speaking to me. And so Gloria came in there and I said, girl, sit down here. And we listened to both sides of that again. I said, we have to have everything this man has. She agreed. Now I was going to school and I, I went over to, um, I went over to Brother Hagin's office. I didn't know Buddy Harrison. And I, we had, we almost were killed in a car wreck. I was running from God. And, uh, and just destroyed our car. And we had a, it wasn't too all that bad looking a car that was glorious, but it had 90,000 miles on it when I got it. It leaked and slipped all over the place. <laughs> so anyway, I didn't know the Hagens. I went over there and, and took the title of that car. 
And I told him, I said, sir, I don't have any money, but I have to have these, these tickets. I said, is, do, do you guys happen to have a battery operated tape player? Yeah, a little Martell about that size. I said, I, I, I really need one of those. He said, no, nah, I don't tie to your car. He said, I said, I will pay you. And I did have a couple of speaking engagements. I said, I'll, I'll send you every offering I get till I get these paid for. I said, so he said, but he told me later, he said, I, I told Brother Hagin about that. And, and he said, I saw that car. And he said, I, I don't want that car. He said, we preach prosperity here. <laughs> that car sitting out front of the ministry. Anyway, <laughs> so we went to bed at night with Brother Hagin. You want me to tell you a little secret? We still do. Only now he's in the iPad or in the phone, you know. And uh, we were, there was, there was a message that he preached that had to do with something that I, I wondered about a lot, but I, I hadn't heard. So we, we looked it up and watched it and watched him preach that message. And I had my iPad standing up like that. We were watching it. And so when he began to give the invitation, well, of course I, and, but it, he was still on there. I leaned over to kiss her good night and she put her hand up. And then she put her hand over that iPad and said, not in front of Brother Hagin. <laughs> I tell you, she's so funny. <laughs> and she and Bibi are probably watching this morning. I love you, sweetheart. Praise God. That woman changed my entire existence. Anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. I came home from school one day and, and she's listening. She's got that little tape recording. Gloria's a note taker. Ah, uh, I'll, I'll get it in my ears, you know. She takes notes. She takes lots of notes. I got home. It was on the power and authority invested in the name of Jesus. And she said, come to look at this. And she, she took me over there to the, the table and she said, look at this. And all of her notes there. She said, I have just about copied this whole tape. Now that's the way you get it. That's the way you get hold of it. That's the way it gets hold of you. Now you really have to begin to be cautious because you'll get to the place where everything you say comes to pass. One day the kids, there, there it is, small, and they ran through that little house there and I jumped out and hollered boo and they, and the Lord, got on me. He said, you purposely frightened them. I said, well, yeah. <laughs> he said, don't you ever do that again. Fear. No, he said, the devil is the spirit of fear. Well, then I began to pray about that and listen to him. He said, if you do that, you run the risk 
of they're getting addicted to that and they'll go to horror yeah. movies. They'll go to, they'll look for that fierce rush and that all of that until they can't get loose from it. Yeah. He's don't you be doing that ever. Don't you ever do that again. Hallelujah. So I haven't done that ever again. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So now, Listen to this. And 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 is a conjunction. Right. Yeah. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Now check it out. There are many hindrances to faith. That's the only one Jesus brought up. That's the only one he said. And when things are not working, two things you want to do. Number one is check on your love and forgiveness life. And number two, check on your word life. The sore, let's go to it. Fourth chapter of the book of Mark. The parable of the sower. Now notice, let's go to verse 14. The sower sows the word. The ground is not, that's not the subject of this. Of this. It's the word. May I remind you what, what the apostle John said that Jesus said. That thief comes but for to steal. Now don't quote that wrong. Jesus said it in proper order. So many times I hear people say he came to kill. No, he didn't. He, he, he's a thief. He is a thief. He comes to steal. If he can steal the word, then he can kill and then he can destroy. But if he can't get the word, if he can't steal the word, he can't do either one. He's a thief. These are they that by the wayside where the word is sown, when they have heard. I want you to notice something here. Heard. Ten times the word here was used. Ten times. They have heard. Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. These are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. When they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root. What did we read last night from the third chapter of Ephesians? That 
rooted and grounded in love. Amen. Now watch how it connects here. Watch the connector here. This is just huge. Watch this. And have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. It didn't rise to teach you something. Right. It, it, it came because of the word's sake. Immediately they are offended. These are they which are sown among thorns. Immediately, immediately, immediately they are what? Offended. They're not rooted and grounded in love. You can't offend me. Can't be done. You used to could. There was a man name of Jack Howard. And uh, my dad, he, he had a clothing store there in Fort Worth. Wonderful man. I tell you, Jewish man. And uh, he blessed me one day with this. He said, Kenneth, he knew that my dad was in the sales business and so forth. By this time I was in the ministry. But anyway, he said, Kenneth, don't ever become offended. He said, we're taught that in business. Well, my goodness, if anybody's going to get offended, it's going to be a Jew. He said, don't ever become offended. I don't care what they say about you. Don't let it offend you. Because he said, if you let it offend you, it'll show. And you'll do or say something response to that and you lose a good customer. Don't ever be offended. And later I began to realize for that to offend me, I'm going to have to act like I believe it. And I, I saw that on Wikipedia. That didn't offend me. But then I, so, then I just passed it off for a long time. And, and the Lord began to deal with me on it. He said, no, you need to correct that. Because he said, that's a source of a lot of people's um, anger at you. Multi-millionaire televangelist. Right. Right. They don't know but what I own all that property out there with all that gas business on it. I don't own any of that. Don't want to own any of it. But that needed to be changed. And inside edition jumped on me because of the airplane. I don't own the airplane. But I enjoyed that interview. <laughs> People said, you mean you enjoy? Yeah, I enjoyed it. They blindsided me. I thought it was, I, th I thought it was somebody else. And they blindsided me. And I just heard the Lord say, no, don't run. Yeah. 
but there was a message that needed to, be, needed to be said because a whole lot of people watched that and I was able to get into the seed of Abraham and his wealth and so forth. Amen. I don't care what they say about me. I care less. Amen. But now like that with Wikipedia, that, that's bothering somebody and that's hurting people. Multi-million dollar televangelist. And things in there, I won't go into all that, but Leroy's here. <laughs> and I'm, I'm bringing this to a close right now. So you see, check love and forgiveness. And Gloria said, do a soil sample <laughs> on your heart where the word is concerned. Are you good soil? Yes. Are you good soil? When the, when the word is sown, does your heart rejoice and just lap it up and they can say anything they want to say and you just keep a smile. On you. Even when you go home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I like what Keith said. Keith Moore. He said, now you're going to have to go. And he's talking about the same thing. He said, you're going to have to go. And they're going to talk politics and they're going to get on you for talking faith. They always do. And you know it. So he said, what do you do? You know, the one or the other party that always jumps on me. It's so good to see you. And you'll be surprised. It'll change you. Where it changes them or not. It'll change you and your attitude. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. We began to say something in our family. Gloria and I went to our little prayer cabin, got all of the children's scriptures we could find and stood on those. And we began to say something. And we're still saying it. We are a family without tragedy. Now we had a tragic incident, but not in our family. Gloria's little brother. Now Stanley 
was a German rock mason. And I, I, don't, I don't know how the man did it. He was, he was working on the chimney there at, at, at our prayer cabin and he had a ladder up against that chimney and he had a scaffold up there at the, almost at the top. He went up that ladder with two buckets of mud. I mean, he's just powerful. His arms were huge. So he cut the sleeves out of everything. <laughs> you could buy him a new dress shirt. He'd cut the sleeves out of it. He would not wear sleeves. Now, <clears throat> there's a real bad curve in a road, a, a, just a county road there, not too far from our prayer cabin. And instead of curving this way, it went around this way and with an adverse angle to it. Stanley was asleep in the right hand seat and a young man was driving the truck and way too fast. And he, when he went and the, the truck just left and crashed into the trees and burned. Stanley was killed. The other young man lived. The driver lived. Gloria went to a women's conference. A woman there at that women's conference had gone to heaven and she spent some time there. I don't remember whether she had died or it was just a vision, but she had quite a time in heaven. And she had a book out about it and so forth. And after the women's conference, now listen to me, she walked up to Gloria. She said, Gloria, uh, I, you know, I don't know you and you don't know me. But she said, now, while I was in heaven, she said, it's hard for me to explain the huge room where they're preparing for the marriage supper of the lamb. She said, I, I, I can't put words to it and explain it. And she said, people are working all over that room, doing place settings and so forth. And she said, I was just standing there. And all of a sudden, this young man from just a little ways over there came walking over there to me and said, would you tell Gloria I was not in that truck when it burned? Thank you very much. And walked around, walked away. She said, the strange thing about him, his garment didn't have any sleeves in it. <laughs> now, you know what? You know what that did for our family? Glory to God. You better stand up. I don't have any quitting sins. So. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today that faith works. And we're faith people. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I want to I say this to you. Remember this. In fact, say this. People, people who live, live by, faith by faith never, never have to change their lifestyle because of the times. We make it. 
We make it. I don't care. COVID-19, COVID-18, COVID. We make it. We make it. Now don't misunderstand me. I respect that disease. Somebody said to me tonight, one time said, you, you just in denial. I said, yes, I am. I don't deny that disease exists. I deny it's right to exist in my body. At the minister's conference, oh, quite a bit, David, two years ago, I was sitting right on the front. Where's David Ellis? Is he here? You, you remember this. Boy, I'll tell you. I mean, man, it hit, didn't it? And uh, I was sitting on the front row and all the symptoms, my, my body started chilling. And uh, if you were sitting right next to you, you, I doubt if you'd have heard me even then. I had this smile on my face and this chills running up and down. My, I said, you can't put that on me. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Glory to God. Flu is under the curse of the law. And I'm redeemed from the curse. You can't put that on me. I don't receive it. You can't do it. In 15 minutes, it was gone. Now that's what we have to do. I take my flu shot. In Deuteronomy 28. Don't struggle with the Lord will put. Read Deuteronomy 27. That's where it starts. The Lord set them, had, had them to put half of the tribe on the side of one mountain, the other half on the other half. And you, they stood up and pronounced the blessing on one side and the curse on the other because they were becoming that day covenant people with God. They'd been in captivity. They'd never heard any of these things. And that's what it was being shouted. And the other one say yes. And the other one say yes. They shout the blessing and they shout the curse and they shout the blessing and they shout the curse. God wasn't cursing anybody. That 22nd verse. Fever. Fever. Inflammation. Under the curse. I've been redeemed from the curse. So you just go back and forth. There's the flu. Galatians 3.13 said, I've been redeemed from the flu. There's my flu shot. Well, good. I just won't take the shot. Well, that's good. Unless you're just doing it to copy me. You spend some time in it. You spend some time with it. I'm going to hurt you to take that flu shot. Pray over it. Well, you know, Brother Copeland, I might get a reaction. Come on, baby. 
You get a reaction when you eat food? Don't let them touch you with that thing until you receive it blessed and sanctified by the power of God, thanksgiving and praise. And just tell them, say, no, hold it a minute. Hang on. Don't stick that thing in me yet. In the name of Jesus, I believe I received the blessing of the Lord on this shot and it cannot hurt me and will not. Oh, Brother Copeland, they'll hear me. Yes, they'll hear you. And it'll make them glad or sad. Now stick it. The needle that is. I'll see you tonight. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.